Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 178 for the 18th of ER and a leap year. So today is Lagba Omer. So happy Lagba Omer to everybody. For those of you who are not so familiar with Lagba Omer, so Lagba Omer, first of all, is Lag is Lamed Gimel. That is the numerical value of 33. So it is the 33rd day of the Omer. That's just on a basic level. And what? why do we commemorate this day? This is considered like a minor kind of holiday in Judaism. We don't, uh, we, it's not like Shabbos or Yom Tov where we refrain from doing different like uh, work activities, but nevertheless, we do commemorate it. It is, first of all, during the period of Sfiris Omer, we are in a period of mourning of in remembrance of the killing of Rabbi Akiva's students during a plague. So 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva died during this time. And it's while they died of a plague, physically speaking, it was uh, on a deeper explanation. The spiritual reason why they died was it was a uh, punishment that was given to them on behalf of the fact that they, they didn't respect one another. They didn't show each other covered properly. And so during this time, we commemorate this by being in a state of semi-mourning. Like we don't go to live music during this time. We don't uh, we don't have hold weddings or different samchas, different celebrations, that kind of thing. But then on Lagba Omer, this is considered to be the day when the plague actually stopped. So respite within this time, and it's a traditional day when we actually do celebrate. Often, uh, this is when people, little boys, get their haircut for the first time at the age of three on an opshern. So this is a time that they do this because during the counting of the Omer, we also don't cut hair. Generally speaking, men grow out their beards. And another thing that this name, this day is really known for in commemoration of is the passing of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who was the author of the Zohar, uh, the famous Kabbalistic work, the Zohar. And since the Zohar is considered to be this like very big light, it's the light of Torah, really. And it's a, it's a big light that he brought to the world. One way that many Jews commemorate this day is through bonfires, through making a bonfire and having it go at night. So happy luck, Bomer, to everybody. I hope you find a way to commemorate it in your own personal way. And so with that being said, so let's get into the Tanya for today. And maybe one way that we can tie this into Lagba Omer is thinking about this idea of light. And actually what we're going to be focusing on today is actually the very first bracha out of two brachas, two blessings that we say before reciting the Shema. And this first one actually has to do with light, where we, we talk about God and the fact that he forms light. We say the bracha of Yotzer Or. So let's just backtrack a little bit to give a little context to what it is that we're talking about. So we left off yesterday 
speaking about this idea that it might seem like a really lofty and not super attainable level, which is that really ideally what we should be striving for is self-abnegation to the point where we are so devoted to God in a way that really over supersedes our devotion to anything else in our lives, in our world, including our family, including our spouses, including our children, including ourselves, all of this kind of stuff. So I actually just concluded uh, at the studying Shar Habitachon with some friends, which we do every Shabbos. And I think this is really in line with that. Shar Habitachon talks a lot about this idea as well. It doesn't, and it really explains this idea that it doesn't mean that we're not supposed to love our families. It doesn't mean that we're supposed to escape from the world, but really putting your full trust in God, really making God your number one priority, even over and above your family, even over and above yourself, actually can help you with loving your family in a more wholesome way, in a way that is not, that is actually very selfless and not in this way of neediness. It's not like, it's it's not a, a love that is needy, that you need anything specifically from your partners or from your family, you're not dependent upon them for anything because you acknowledge the fact that everything in truth really comes from God. And so this is really what we've been learning about here in Tanya as well. And we talked about this in the context of Tzimtzum actually. So we talked about this in the concept of the fact and in the aspect of how God does this. God actually removes himself from the world in order to bring the world into existence and in order to have a relationship with us. So what the way that we can respond in kind to this, which is a natural thing that you do when somebody does something nice to you, you want to respond in kind. So God is removing himself and making space for us to have a relationship with us. So then we need to remove ourselves and self-abnegate ourselves to have a relationship with God. And we do this through really acknowledging this fact that nothing in the world comes close to our connection with God and how our true relationship, our true love, our true life really comes from God. But the ultra rabbit did acknowledge that this is a very lofty level and might kind of seem not so accessible to attain. And we discussed the prayer of the Shema and how the the Shema blessing that we say every day, Shema Yisrael Hashem Hashem Echad, is actually the whole point of this is to try to help us get to this state of total self-sacrifice, total self-abnegation in the face of God. And that this is why, this this is how we can understand the connection to the first two blessings that precede the Shema, which at first glance don't seem to have a lot of relevance to the Shema itself because they talk about angels and higher realms and beings and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, what's the connection to the Shema? So today we're actually going to focus on the first blessing that we say before the Shema. And we're going to talk about why, how it is that this first blessing actually helps us get to this state, to this state of self-abnegation and this state of total devotion to God and total exclusivity to God. And what we'll see is that really how it does this is because the entire focus of that first blessing is on the angels and on the angels and the way that they serve God, the way that they relate to God, the way that they call out to God. And so what the ultra is basically trying to teach us here is that even though we're not angels, and we actually talk a lot in Chassidus about how this is actually a good thing and how humans are capable of a lot more and are much higher than angels due to our free will and everything. Nevertheless, there's something we can learn from angels. 
And there's something we can learn through studying angels and through thinking about angels and thinking about the way the angels have this total self-dedication, to, total dedication to God and total subservience to God and how this is actually something that we should strive to attain. Obviously in a different way because we're not angels. So for us, it's going to be a little bit more difficult because it, it requires our will and, and our focus to need to be able to do this. But looking at the angels can give us like a template and it can give us like this, like this goal that we want to attain. What is it that we're striving for? What is it that the Shema prayer is trying to get us to do? So let's get into the text and see how the Ultra Bit explains all of this. So the altar of it begins and he says, how is it that a physical material man will come to this, this level that we've been talking about? And this is in reference to yesterday's episode about this whole idea of total self-abnegation, total putting God over and above everything, even family, even yourself, even your spouse, even your children. How do we get to that level? And so the altar of it says, this is why the sages instituted this idea of the bracha of Yotzer Or. This is this the first bracha that we say before the Shema is all about God for it, it begins by saying, God for, blessed are you who formed light. So for context, the entire bracha is Baruchata Hashem Yotzer Or Shalom So blessed are you, God our God the king of the universe who forms light and creates darkness and makes peace and creates everything. So now is not the time to elaborate upon this entire blessing, but it is the time to talk about how after this blessing, there's actually a full couple of paragraphs where it really is talk. It talks about at length about the order of the angels that stand in the higher realms and who talk about the greatness of God, how they are all nullified to God's light. So you can go and get a sitter if you'd like, maybe a, a translation if you need one, and really look at how that's laid out. It really goes into great detail about how it is that the angels stand there and they they voice their fear of God, they sanctify God, and they say with great fear about how sanctified God is. They say, Kadosh, 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 Holy, 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 etc., Meaning to say, and and again, focusing on, if you go back to that previous episode where we talked about this idea of sanctification, what is some what makes something sacred or holy, it means that it's something separate. So it's the angels acknowledge the fact that God is separate from them and God does not vest himself within them in a way that is revealed, but rather he fills the entirety of the earth with his glory, which is what is the entirety of the earth? This is Knesset Yisrael, which is what is Knesset Yisrael? Knesset Yisrael is the congregation of Israel, and that's like the the abode of the source of all souls above, and Yisrael here below, and the Jewish people down here below. And so too, the Ofanim and the Chayot HaKodesh, these are other types of angels, they scream out, with, they make a lot of noise about how great God is and how wondrous and, and God's glory is in his place. Because they don't know nor comprehend his place, meaning that they, they, they can't comprehend God's place as lofty as they are. As they say, that he alone is lofty and holy. So that's the end of this section. So in conclusion, what the ultra is basically trying to teach us here is to 
teach us how the reason, give us a, an insight into the reason for that first blessing that we say in the, before we say the Shema and how the purpose of, the, of that first blessing is really to give us like a new perspective on our lives and to take us out of this more myopic, ten, these more myopic ten, tendencies that we tend to have in viewing our lives and viewing like our families, our homes, our ourselves, our work, all these things. We, we live in this like day-to-day life where we see what it is right in front of our eyes. But in truth, there's something much greater. In truth, there's God. And God is the one who is responsible for everything. And God is the one that's creating everything, something for nothing at all times. And so we're pretty oblivious to this at all times. But the goal of our lives is really to come to an, a state of awareness of this. And to come to this realization that God really is behind it all and and how much God put himself aside in order to create this world that we live in. And so to give us like a, a sense of how it is even possible for us to do this is by looking at the angels and to look at how the angels serve God and how the angels relate to God and how self how subjugated they are before God and what their awareness of is of how great God is. And perhaps in meditating upon this and thinking about it at length, it may not bring us to the state of being angels, nor should it really, because we don't want to be angels. We want to stay human, but perhaps it can expand our vision just a little bit to give, get us into the state of really seeing this rea- seeing reality for what it is and seeing that there's something more than that, what just meets the eye here and that we can, just like God removed himself to have a relationship with us, maybe we can remove ourselves from our small perspective and create a relationship with him. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzhak ben Benyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.